Bueller. Here. Bueller. 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 Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison, beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome in to Kentucky Roll Call. Friday, March 3rd, right here on the Big X Roll Roush and Adam Luckett, special guest live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. It's, uh, it's a lovely morning where it's going to be storming. The winds are going to be whomping and a whirling. Kids are out of class, and you know what? We're, we're trucking right along. Uh, fellas, how, how are we doing this morning? Scoots, how is everybody back in, in southern Indiana? Uh, we are damn near flooded. It is. It rained a lot last night. It is storming pretty good right now. You'll, you, you might hear a couple thunder rolls on the show. We'll see if we get that or not, but it, it's been pretty wild this morning. I woke up about 6.15, and it's been storming ever since, so... Yeah, you mentioned it, Roush. It's going to get stormy for you all today. Be careful. It's coming It's coming to you. It's probably about an hour out from you all as well. So, And there's a thunder roll right now. So, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm happy. I, I, nothing makes me happier than a good old storm. Scoots with the Garth Brooks. That's right. Um, shout out today. Thunder That's rolls, right. baby. And the lightning strikes. That's right. So, Nick, how are we feeling? Day, day two here in Indy. How you feeling for day two? I'm uh, I'm a little nervous because the setup that we normally like I, for whatever reason the setup that we we we, did, we dealt with some technological difficulties yesterday, Luckett, and they're continuing into day two, and that's just that's really a bad tone setter for what's to come because I, I thought we got past, I thought we moved past them yesterday. Yeah, having some internet issues here at the um, the Great Holiday Inn Express. Um, a little bit disappointing, but you can only do what you can, you can do. You can only handle what you can handle, Nick. And that's what we tried to do yesterday. Um, but it was in every way a dumpster fire. Well, you both sound well, great today, for what it's worth. Good, <laughs> well, thank good. You. Uh, thank I, you, Scoots. I, uh, Scoots there's uh, of all of the shows, of all of the things that I've done in my media lifetime. Yesterday's attempt to podcast live in personnel will go down as the most technologically difficult thing I've ever done in my entire life. It was a Murphy's Law of a show. What what uh what all went down? I want to hear about it. Oh, na- you name it, you name it, buddy. <laughs> it, it was well. So the 
without getting too in the nitty gritty, typically we when we do our podcast, it's very similar to when we go remote with radio, where we're all in different rooms and we're kind of zooming for the lack of a better term. Well, we, we didn't want to be in separate rooms when we're at the combine. So uh, our producer, Steven, our videographer, he gave us a camera, showed us how to set it up and to where we could both be on camera at the same time. Pretty simple setup. Just needed to be able to plug the computer into an HDMI adapter into a computer. It's like, okay, I think I think we can handle this. Just get framed up and we'll we'll be ready to roll. Time comes, we're ready to roll. Everything looks good. Except when we plug in and you click on the video input, it's just a gray screen. Just a gray mm. block of gray. <laughs> just grayed out. Oh, God. What, what are we going to do? So did so, Steven not come with you all? No, he did not. So we were figuring that this out on the fly. And it was a good... 10, 15, 20 minutes of troubleshooting. He was looking up Reddit threads and watching YouTube videos. We were changing settings. That gray block just refused to go away. So eventually you just, well, I guess, I guess we're, we're done, right? We're, we'll, we'll, we'll reset, recalibrate, go back to the hotel, give it another try there. I thought we had tried everything. We had unplugged things. We replugged things back in. But back at the hotel room, there was one thing we hadn't tried yet. We had not tried a different adapter to the computer. So I'd, I'd take, I take. I have this little Swiss Army knife looking thing that's a real pain in my ass right now. <laughs> I, I end up exchanging that for a Luckett's port. What do you know? Boom. Works on the first try. So you think we're good to go, right? Yeah. Er, wrong. We go down to the hotel lobby, get it set up, and and then look at what happens. The, well, the camera died at one point. <laughs> oh, but also the, the microphone uh, died as well. I had yes. to run the speedway to get batteries. <laughs> yes, literally, uh, yeah. just literally every, every, everything we needed for that podcast went wrong in some way. Oh, man. It was a I mean, by the time of we, when we actually got it rolling, that's when the battery died because we had left the camera on the whole time while we're trying to fix the camera. It was a it was a disaster, a disaster of epic proportions. Man, so next time, moral of the story is next time y'all need to bring Steven. Well, yes. I, also, I think the moral of the story is we figured out, I, I feel like I'm a master of the camera now because I know every way that things can go wrong when trying to do this stream. So. By, by the way, Roush, I never brought Steven up to you, so... Little backstory, Roush and Luckett and the Steven guy we're talking about, they were in studio last week filming a, a podcast, which I still need to go back and watch. What, position breakdowns? Is that what y'all were doing that day? Yeah. Is so that videos right? videos on the KSR YouTube channel. So, check them out. So you all wrapped up your side of things. You were done broadcasting all that. And me and Steven were talking. Steven's a big Kentucky fan, but my gosh, is he a refreshing point of view Kentucky fan. He was all about, yeah, the number one game we need is Indiana and Kentucky, and it has to be at home gymnasiums. And it was just such a different perspective than any Kentucky fan I've ever talked to. So I was I was really appreciative of Steven. He's your new best friend just because he wants Indiana and Kentucky. Well, no, it was it was just more than that. Like his his outlook on college basketball as a whole was just really refreshing. It was it was simple. 
it, he didn't overthink things like majority of Kentucky fans do. Now I'm not I'm not trying to put Kentucky fans on blast here. Don't don't get me wrong, but Stephen was just a, a simple Kentucky fan. Didn't overthink things, and I really appreciated that about him. Well, maybe we can have the Scoots and Steven show. I'm I'm in. <laughs> I am in. Oh man. Thunder uh, rolls. Oh, and the lightning strikes. Uh we we need that every time today, too. It's kind of like the breaking news Mariah. <laughs> every time it thunders. <laughs> yep. Thunder rolls. <laughs> like it we did um you also did something that the the person who typically sits in this chair, TJ Walker, um, uh, you did something that that he's he's done recently as well last night, which is you were a jinxy cat. I was. Oh no, it's my bad, Nick. It was. Oh man, it was. It was an all time uh, all time ending there in Illinois, Michigan. There weren't a whole lot of. I mean, we're win in Rome, right? You you got to play some wagers. We're in a legal gambling state. We're in the state of Indiana. Hey, how's um, that feel for you? I forgot about that. Great. Nice, right? Make it sound like we're make it sound like we're going to Tijuana or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I had I had to place a few wagers, um, and one of them was a little NKU EKU parlay, which hit. Um, that 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 was nice. Uh, good on the. Uh, uh, the, the local teams for covering in the conference tournaments, even though EKU season ended in the ASUN tournament uh, at the hands of Liberty, they did they, they played the host team pretty pretty darn close. Uh, but the other game, the big game of the night on ESPN, Illinois versus Michigan. Illinois coming off of a loss at Ohio State. That's a bad loss. They're coming home senior night. It's going to be rowdy. Surely the Fighting Illini aren't going to blow it to Michigan, right? Yeah, of course they did. They were up seven with like four minutes to go. Gave up a 7-0 run, and Michigan misses a game-winning shot. We get overtime. Overtime's looking bad. It's like, all right, well, let's just t- – well, time to had, move to the next establishment. You had seceded because we left Kilroy's and we we're just kind of walking around and found another place to go. Then we get to I this other place. You get to this other place and double overtime is starting – and then Roush gets re-energized. Oh, and so we go and watch <laughs> I can double it. overtime. <laughs> I had new life. I had new life for fighting in a line now minus four and a half. Um, and what happens? They're up three, and Michigan misses its three, airballs it, and then they foul afterwards with two and a half seconds left. Terrence Shannon gets sent to the, th- the free throw line. He makes the first. Luckett <laughs> says, man, this is going to be an all-time cover. If it hits, it's like, oh, oh, well, of course, what's he going to do? Misses the free throw. Illinois wins by four. And you need it. Looked f- like he kind of missed a free throw on purpose. Like it's almost like he heard me and then clanked it off the back of the rim, a line drive off the back of the rim. And you needed four and a half, I yeah, assume. I, I needed that oh, free throw. Oh, man. Was, Good job, Luckett. Good job. <laughs> but moral of the story, though, Scoots, when in Rome, you can live bet. So True. I. Live bet them uh, money line like minus one twenty or something. So it, 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 even Steven, right? We, we we it wasn't that bad. It wasn't all a loss. Be be careful with live bet. Now, someone who lives in the in the state of Indiana, it can either be really lucrative or it can get you in a lot of trouble. So be careful. As with any gambling, that's true. Yes, yes. As, as with any gambling, always ABC. Always be careful. Always be closing. 
and always be combining, right? Like that's what we're doing. We're combining. That's right. Uh, the the first day of the combine, like it, oh, can you compare it to any others? Was it any different than some of your previous experiences? Uh, how, how would you just grade day one in Indianapolis? New interview room caused some unexpected issues trying to find that. But other than that, it was typical combine day. I mean, we got there and there wasn't like a big, big buzz, I guess, because no big prospects were there. But that's gonna that's gonna change today with the quarterbacks. I mean, it's gonna be a zoo over there this morning. So I think we're gonna get more of the more of the kind of wildness that we usually get at some of these combines. By wildness, I just mean sports writers running around with their heads cut off. Um, but we also got Jalen Carter who could show show back up today. So today's got a chance to be uh, a little more exciting than than the other days. Definitely, definitely. It um, it's also just funny the when you overhear the the plus it's Bryce Young weigh in day, so we get to find out if he's a midget or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he uh, I I, I love the 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 varying narratives right between um uh, like the silly ones as well um because yes. we're gonna have his height right he's five ten and a half but is he really five ten and a half i'm not buying it um the, you also have the uh outs you had a couple crazy times yesterday uh was it nolan smith ran a four 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 yeah and then uh kalajikansi for sub four seven as a 280-pound defensive tackle. Uh, those are like all-time all time numbers. But if you remember last year, Nick, like the 40 times were juiced. Like they were all running. Like when the receivers ran, everybody was like 4-4. Four, four. And it was like, what is – but then in their pro days, they ran lesser times. So I don't know what's going on with the the clocks. But, yeah, it seemed like Ooh. those guys were were, were flying. Uh, but But at least this year we had like some bad 40 times mixed in there. Um, I remember last year when all the receivers run, everybody was like sub four or five. And it's like, not everybody's this fast. Clock controversy. Are yeah. the clocks too slow because we got rid of daylight savings time? Or too fast? I'm not really sure how clocks work. Um, Scoots, can you explain to us how clocks work? I want to I wanna know first, Adam, how tall are you? Right at 6'2". Oh really? I thought you were more closer to that five ten range. So I was, I was thinking, man, that's that's kind of rude calling him a midget when you're the same height as him. No, I have at least a couple inches on uh, Mr. Bryce Young. You, you can maybe see over the line. He can't see over but the if, line. But if I was a quarterback going through the draft, I would have average height, and they would probably be worried about my hand size. I don't think I have ten inch hands, so <laughs> that would be an issue. Mm, yeah, that is an issue. Fair point. It is an issue. Could I hold on to the ball in cold weather? That's what they'd be talking about uh, on the NFL <laughs> Network if I was a quarterback. Ooh, they they would definitely be talking about my um, – he's a statue in the pocket, you know. He can, can get the ball out there, but can he evade the is – he, is he mobile enough to, 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 to evade those defenders? The answer is no. Also, trying to just think about being an NFL quarterback for a second, even with all the rules they have, my God, getting hit by some of those guys, just oh, that's that would suck. Yeah, I think the Kelseys talked about like that on their podcast. 
Like, could a random person gain a yard? And he was like, yes, but the random person probably couldn't take the hit. How much like, money? He get hit by a defensive tackle. I don't think it'd be hard for some people oh, to get God. up after that. How much money would it take for you all to get hit by the best DB in the league? Just they're one at least time. Smaller. I mean, so they're moving. It depends on what, like, if it's open field and they're coming for my right, in, you know, my ribs. I would be hesitant, but it, I, I guess it depends on the type of hit. But um, it's not something I would want to do. No. How about yeah. Dion? How about Dion Walker? How much money would that take? That that's one of those two. You would hope that he would like tackle you from the side and not really fall on you, right? Yeah. <laughs> because because the thing is, is even though we see some brutal hits, like a lot of those tackles are kind of side swiped, right? I mean, I, I also rap and, not, rap and drag, yeah, re, exactly, exactly. So, but getting hit a shoulder pad right to the rib, I mean, you know, it folded me like a table. I mean, just I'd be on the CJ Frederick report. I mean, it would be <laughs> whew, game over, game over, just like that. Um, but they actually uh, look at uh, one of the things I overheard is that they've changed the the fan interaction zone where they have a combine experience. So one of us might have to go through the the combine drills. Yeah, I think they had that when we came. 2020 after the 2019 season, but I think they got rid of it because of COVID. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to definitely check that out. And I think they're going to let us in the stadium for workouts, which is new. Um, so we're going to we're gonna fill that out, I think, today after the interviews this morning for or this afternoon. I believe it's DB's, Nick, workout today. Correct. And so we get to is there, check out what the corners are doing. Which, which combine drill would you excel at? Which would be your best combine drill? I don't know. Um, it's a good. So we got. Let's go through. We got bench. Mm-hmm. We got short shuttle. Yes, which We've is got broad broad jump. Mm-hmm. Got long jump. Yep, vertical. Yep, vertical. Which, uh, excuse right. me, vertical. Would just um, be whew, so bad at that one. Uh, we also have the L the the three cone L drill. Three cone. Yeah, I feel like back in my playing days, I, short shuttle would probably have been the one I was best at. I always thought the three cone drill was the most fun. It was very, um, because your times could vary so much, uh, depending on slippage, taking a turn, right. Um, I always thought that one was a lot of fun. I thought I did well in that one. Um, you've got Miss Roush. You just said you couldn't evade rushers in the pocket. The three cone is the change of direction drill. <laughs> so that that goes against what you were saying earlier. Well, that, that's also uh, me now versus me then. I, I don't I don't know if I could uh, if these joints would hold up very well together. The one thing about forty two, it getting off the line is the hard part. But once these big long, I'm, I'm a long strider, as they would say, Adam Lockett. Get these big long legs open in open space. Watch me roll. Yeah. Just got to get yeah. off the line. Yeah, you just have have issues getting off the line, but you're uh your zero to ten is not great, but you're twenty to you're flying forty, you're twenty to forty, you get you get you get rolling downhill. Roush's gonna be rolling like that thunder just now. 
and the lightning strikes. We're not going to be just talking about guys running around in their underwear up here at the no bull combine. We got to mention that no bulls everywhere. Um, I'm sure Scoots wears no bull apparel all the time. He's a big no bull fan. Uh, but we also got to talk. Are there any players that you want to see, just see how big they are? Like last year was um, Jordan Davis, right? Yeah, yeah. I, we we missed him because we weren't here for that portion of it. I would have liked to – well, and I've already seen him in person, Will Anderson. I saw him at SEC Media Days last year. Yeah. Like uh, for me, it's Darnell Washington. Like just 6'7", 275-pound yeah. tight, tight end. Like how big does that look? What does it look like and how does he move? Like I, for him, the test – like I would have just seen him test just because how large of a human he is. I feel like the tight ends are more high profile this year than it's a great tight end class. Yeah, it's a great tight end class, and we don't have the same. Last year, there were a bunch of offensive tackles that were in that mix, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. Between Evan Neal, Trevor Penning. Um, I'm definitely leaving some guys out, but there, there, there were a bunch of top end tackles, and I don't feel like we have that same group. You just got the Shronsky guy from Northwestern. Uh, yeah, but they're like there's going to be a lot of tackles that go off the board, but I yeah they're, they're going to be like you know seven through twenty two. It's not the top of the draft, but you are going to have tackles that, like Darnell Wright. Tennessee's getting a lot of buzz. Um, there's the two guys at Ohio State. Paris Johnson's probably going to yeah, be a big one. Yeah, Roderick Jones with Georgia. So there are there are some tackles, but yeah, it's not necessarily the star studded tackle class that we sometimes see. The other thing too, I I became an anti Kyler Murray fan when I saw him at the combine, and I saw I mean Scoots Kyler Murray is your size. He is the tiniest yeah. human ever. I just can't. Uh, it's 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 how is this kid? Like I was just like, there's no way he can be good at the NFL. I'm wondering if I'm going to get the same uh, vibes from Bryce Young or not. I'm pretty sure he's Kyler's got like four inches on me. Uh, Isn't he like five I'll, nine, five eight, five nine? But see, we'll, here's the thing, Scoots. Look up his, co- his combat measurements. One, once you're below 5'10", you're all basically the same height to me. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 Roush, you know, what I would, you know what I would give to be 5'10", instead of 5'5 five, five and three quarters? Yeah. <laughs> Kyler Murray was 5'10", five, five foot, five foot and one-eighth inches, so he was barely over 5'10 at the combat. Yeah, and, I, and that's probably because he had his hair sticking up, so I'm not even <laughs> believing that either. <laughs> You, uh, you're a, you're just a, you, you, you tall person just looking yeah. down. I'm looking down on six everybody. foot people we're looking down on everybody. Uh, but like I said, we're not going to spend our whole day talking about guys running around in their underwear at the combine, uh, because college basketball is happening. The final Saturday of college basketball's regular season is upon us. Kentucky travels to Arkansas tomorrow. Morale is not very high. Uh, not very high whatsoever, but we're going to trudge through. We're going to read your text on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the number. And Scoots, on the way up, I noticed Thornton's, they don't, it's, it's not necessarily a truck stop, but we, we stopped at one exit where it was, there was a supersized Thornton's and it even had a fast food place attached to it. I'd never seen anything like it. Wow. Simply outstanding. I, I was, I was in awe. You didn't hit up the fast food place, did you? Because Thornton's food is probably way better. Oh, way better, way better. I mean, it was Burger King too. Like, gross. Mm, Give me out. Yeah, I will take 
Thornton's uh, wonderful uh, breakfast burritos, their fresh donuts, uh, their their chicken wings, you name it. It's better than whatever you can get at that other place. Thornton's, simply the best. Stop by in today. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. Text into Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. And don't go anywhere because Adam Luckett, Justin Kalen, and Nick Rash will be right back here on the Big X Sports Roll Call. Kentucky Roll Call. Come out, Virginia. Don't let me wait. Catholic girls start much too late. All the sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well be the one. Well, they showed you a statue, told you to pray. They built two temples and locked you away. Ah, oh, but they never told you the price that you pay for things that you might have done. Only the good die Welcome back in. Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio. Nick Roush, Scooter Dingus, Justin Kalen. Special guest Adam Luckett live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis where the talk of the town is the NFL combine, but the talk everywhere else is the Alec Murdoch trial. Do you find it weird that he spells it Alex, but seemingly he goes by Alec? I it hate that. It oh, Same. drives I me watching, crazy. I was watching the HBO Max one, and most people called him Alec, but some called him Alex. So I was like, is it what just is like it? an accent thing, or did like why is what's going on here? Well, um, and it felt like that the locals called him Alec, but yes, but it was every other you know normal human reads it like Alex, you know. Um, yeah, but, it just yeah, it just uh, of all things to get stuck up on with, with that. Well, right, story, right. That's what I got stuck up on. He says yeah, Alec that, too. He called that because I was so I watched the Netflix one. And he, when he calls the cops at one point, he says, "Alec, this is Alec." The, it's funny that we're hung up on this on a guy who committed hundreds of white collar crimes, fraud, double murder. Yeah, yeah, just he convicted of double murder last night. Uh, they, I, I, the the evidence that finally got him is that his son. Uh, right before he was murdered, made a video of him with the dog kennel or with the dogs of the dog kennel. And you could hear the dad's voice in the background. So oh, I haven't, I haven't heard that or seen that. Yeah. So yeah. And he, so up. he had to admit that okay. he lied and he was at the scene right there. before it happened. So they got him. They got him. Uh, what a scumbag. So was it him yelling at like how, what was the context of that? It, it was just him talking to his, kid it wasn't like he was getting ready to go up and murder them but that's that's what ended up happening Uh, at the time he said he wasn't there kind of thing right right i think he said he was at his uh mother-in-laws who had dementia so moms yeah 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 he was good at uh really good at making up stories really good at lying and that's what you call a um what do you call a sociopath yeah definitely a sociopath 
Yeah, feel bad for the Buster kid, but he also probably committed a murder too. Oh, absolutely, no, a thousand hey, you percent. Think, you, think, you think that? See, I was, I, I didn't. I mean, obviously, there's some things point to that. I just didn't. Of all the things, that's one I was maybe the most skeptical about. But yeah, at least that one I could see that being an accident gone wrong. Right, the um, you know pushes the guy down and he hits his head and then bleeds out sort of thing. But, you know, I, we, I don't think we need to relitigate all of the, the various crimes that that family committed in the coast of South Carolina. That's, it's just, it's, it's astounding. The amount of the HBO one was the one I watched like it. And Mm -hmm. that was, it was one of the rare documentaries where it was a three parter Mm -hmm. and, they they didn't have I mean it was nonstop there was stuff sometimes these documentaries they drag stuff out for like one too long I mean there was so much to pack in that I almost thought they might have been able to do another one yeah I watched that same one about two three weeks ago and it's I'd seen it on there for a while but we just never got around to watching it like I was thinking they were like you know I was thinking South Carolina like a mega church like it was like some guy that owned a mega church that committed a crime or so it was a crook I didn't know it was what I was getting into, like the murder, the double murder, the boat wreck, um, maybe another murder. I didn't know that was all of that. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, it's just a, a wild story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and, it's over now. Like he's, he's guilty on all charges, right? Yes. Yes. He's charges. guilty on all charges. Uh, sentencing, I believe is today. He's also going to have to, while he's in jail, is going to have to respond to all of the other, um, like the white collar ones. Those are still pending. The one where he was stealing money from people. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. also I think they, the the housekeeper that died. I think they're re litigating that one. I think they're also reinvestigating the Buster, uh, the his boyfriend's murder, and then the the. I mean, there's 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 so many crimes here that you just like you you want to keep you, you forget about some of them because there was one that I just had on the tip of my tongue that I forgot. I mean, that's how it's how messed up this whole story is. Very very messed up. Very very messed up. Yeah um, yeah, it's a wild 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 story. Well, let's um. Let's let's get away from the wild wild story, Scoots. I appreciated you getting uh, to the text line yesterday. I'm sure all of our listeners were thrilled to hear from you for the final ten minutes or so. Um, I got a and, uh, and, uh, I got a nice job from Jolie, so that was cool. But, oh. but I did not get any additional text, which was good because I didn't have time. <laughs> well, you just got to make time, Scoots. <laughs> not good at that. Um, the today though we do we do need to look ahead to this Arkansas game where it's it's unclear if Casey Wallace is going to be available or not for Kentucky. Uh, we got an, an initially an optimistic prognosis, but I I don't know about you, Lucky, but I just I I don't expect him till the SEC tournament or maybe even later than that. I, I'm just. I'm skeptical and I'm 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 worried. I'm worried. Are you are you worried about Kaysom Wallace's availability? Yeah, I think there's reason to be um the re- I think there's reason to believe that he might not play right Saturday. 
and play in Arkansas without him, that's in Bud Walton Arena. It's going to be a really, really tough matchup for Kentucky. I think they can very. I think they can absolutely win with Case and Wallace, but without him, they. I mean, like the point guards, they don't have point guard right now with him and Wheeler both potentially being out. And so it's just a tough, tough situation right now. I mean, there was a lot of good going in that Vandy game, and it felt like all of it just fell apart yeah. on Tuesday night in Lexington. Yeah, and to make matters worse, Arkansas is just coming off an absolute beatdown. They got pummeled by Tennessee. Um, and so you, you, they need a big win to kind of end the season on a high note at Bud Walton. They've been wildly inconsistent, right? Like up and down all year long. Don't have a ton of signature wins where they, they play these games close. You know, they had Texas A&M on the ropes on the road. They had Alabama on the ropes on the road, but couldn't close the deal. So I, I feels like they the, the Kentucky's licking their wounds, whereas Arkansas is going to be anxious and eager yeah. to get a big win at Bud Walton on the final game of the year. Yeah, they got Nick Smith back right after that Kentucky win on February seventh, and they're they're two and four. Uh, since then, with losses to Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Alabama, Tennessee. But, so they're losing the NCAA tournament teams. Then they smashed Florida and Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, we saw it play out that it was kind of – really in this game, like, can Kentucky stop the dribble? I mean, that's kind of what how Arkansas beat them. They just beat them with athleticism. That's something Kentucky has struggled with this year. So, yeah, not, not great vibes going into the final Saturday of the regular season. Okay, well, let's let's uh, instead of just gauging the vibes, and uh, I, I want to ask you because we we get a lot of football takes from you, right? Like it, um, and I, I'm I'm thinking let's let's first address NCAA tournament. Is this a team if Casey Wallace gets healthy? That is it, is it? Do you feel good about getting to the second weekend? Or is it going to be a tall task? Where, where, how do you, how are you seeing this team in the NCAA tournament, Mister Football yeah. Guy? Let's, let's mean, put on your basketball glasses for a second here. The way I look at it, right, you're going to play a first round game on a neutral floor that's close to a toss up, right? You're probably either you're probably going to be like a three four point favorite against whether you're a eleven seed or you're seven and you're facing a ten. Then you're going to in the two days later or a day later if you win, you're going to be a dog of about four or five. So for me, it's like, number one, just win a game. Let's get this. Kentucky hasn't won a tournament game and yada, yada. Let's get that out of there. Um, I think if they win two and get to the Sweet 16, I think it's all things considered with this season, it's a good ending. And let's just get to next year after that. That's kind of where I'm at with this. Um, I think it would help too if you made a run in Nashville. Uh, but at the end of the day, Nick, like they're 20 and 10, like I talked to you the other day, they could easily end the season at 20 and 13. They could end it at 21 and 13. You know, like it's at the end, if you make the week 16, they might, they could end it at 22 and 13. Like uh, at the end of the day, that's just, it's just a, not a great season. So no. um, we're trying to end it, you know, we're trying to end it in a good, so everybody maybe has got good vibes going back to that word to, for the next year, but, Overall, this is just a, it's a disappointing season, and historically, it's just a very blah year. I mean, it, 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 Kentucky's going to be your sixth or a seventh seed. That's not that's not the standard. 
and the no. standard is the standard, you know? So um, <laughs> it's a disappointing year. And I think there's just got, regardless of what happens, I think over these next few weeks is the pressure. There's going to be a lot of pressure next year. Well, and that, that is undeniable. Um, and it's not just the NCAA tournament. It's, it's a lot of things. It's, uh, it's, it's, not winning signature games against your non-conference opponents, right? You're you're winning those big marquee matchups against Gonzaga. It's not winning the SEC tournament. There's there's a lot of reasons to be frustrated. Yes, Kentucky can turn that around. I don't have a lot of faith that they can win three games in a row because they've been so wildly inconsistent. Um, but it the, the, there are a, a lot of folks too. Like it yesterday, they. John Calipari's quote about shooting was was a point of contention, and I, I understand I understand his sentiment to a degree because he said, you know, we want to take those shots. We're good at taking those shots. I would agree with him that they're typically pretty good at those mid-range shots. I would just say that trying to always set those up when you're the best three-point shooting team in the SEC doesn't seem like a very sound strategy. Big ten thousand foot picture, Luckett, of all of the the struggles, of all of the the problems that people have seemingly picked at John Calipari, whether it's you know leaving the radio show early or uh, the 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 offensive philosophy or you name it, right? The, the, he he's not what we were used to when this was the gold standard. Of all the, the the problems John Calipari is dealing with, which one is the one that is most pressing to you that he has to get fixed by next year? Where like Cal, it, let's let's keep the train on the tracks. If you can do this right here, then it can be salvageable, and there there's reason to believe that this thing can end on good terms. Yeah, like the I think. Uh, with this team, I think it's fair to like question Cal's overall offensive philosophy, but also realize the offense isn't the reason they're 20 and 10. The reason they're 20 and 10 is defensive issues, and they've had unfortunate, you know, injury luck with guys missing games. Um, for me, with Cal, like he's got to get back to a final four. I mean, that's really it. And but first, they also have to get where like the season is good, where there's big wins, like. When you play four marquee non-conference games, you need to win one of them. You can't go zero and four. Right, right, right. You know, you can't lose. You can't go seven and four against power conference teams at Rupp Arena. Like, you just got to win some big games. Like that, that more over than anything. I, they've won some big games this year, but not not consistently enough. I think that's really what they got to get back to. They got to win consistently. They need to figure out these defensive issues because low key, the last three four years, they've just been not good on defense. They haven't been good on defense since twenty nineteen. And so, like, what do you? What do they have to do to get back to playing at like a top fifteen, top ten level on defense? Do they need to get a shot blocker in here? Uh, we heard Oyenso or yeah, Hugo um, could be that, but we haven't, you know, we haven't seen him. Right, right. In the the thing too that uh, will be, uh, and I'll, I'll get, I'll be saying it this off season as well because it's you kind of have to sell yourself on it but it gets exhausting selling yourself on well yeah well that's why i think the ending's a little important because then it's easier to talk yourself into it right like we ended well we got this this and this Mm -hmm. reeves might be coming back 
Livingston could come back. You, you're adding all, all these good, talented players. It's going to be easier to talk yourself into it. Where I think the issue would be for some people would – some people are just totally out on Cal, right? And I think it's a good chunk of people. Um, I still think there are people – most people are kind of in the, you know, don't want to fire Cal, but, like, it needs – like, we need to see improvement fast. And then I also think there's a there's a side where people think, you know, defend Cal at all costs. He can't, he has to – if we can't win with Cal, we can't win kind of thing. Um, and so you got to like those three factions kind of going against each other. But um, I think we're close to the ones in the middle leaning towards the one leading to our going to the cows got to go camp. And so it, it might not all matter because of the contract. So like, we're just in a situation where they just need some good things to happen, but it could be hard to build up positivity if they, they end the season with a dud. It just feels like one of those Tubby Smith years, Nick, like the last two where they were like eight seeds they lost like eleven games, well, where they weren't terrible at all. They were competitive against all their mm-hmm. games. They beat some good teams, but they were never, they were never like this was never going to be like a team that could be in title contention or in the, the window looking forward that could get to title contention. The difference with Cal, I think, is just the recruiting. Right, you're looking at the talent next year. That you well, if it if it hits, that team could potentially compete for a title. But that's that's the Calipari. That's what you sign up for with Calipari. That's always going to be a thing because he's always going to have good players coming in. And so you kind of have to – at some point you have to look past that. Yeah. And, and the results got to be the results on the floor, not the recruiting ranking. Yeah, and, and I think where if you look into the problems in recent years, you, you mentioned one of them. It was rim protection. They, they have not had elite rim protection. And the other one's point guard play. Cal can do what he wants to do with elite point guard play. Yep, but for sure. He's been tied with to Severe Wheel or Devin Askew and Ashton Hagens. And that's just uh, not a recipe for success. Like th- those guys are not Brandon Knights. They're not John Walls. They're not even Marcus Teagues, which yeah. just for read, a while, the, read the point guards <laughs> before them Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, De'Aaron Fox, Tyler Eulis, yeah. the Harrisons. Like that was a. Uh, that Aaron or Andrew Harrison, that was a pretty good run for five years, and then this one has not been a good five-year run, I would say. Uh, Which, Kentucky, and at least when you look at next year, that is what seems to potentially be a strength of this team. Because I, DJ Wagner, we we know he's got that dog in him. We've at least seen, we, we've seen it on display. Uh, yeah, he'll fight you, no doubt yeah. about it. <laughs> we also. Hugo appears to be a decent shot blocker, and Aaron Bradshaw has the length to be one. And then you don't know, like, what what's Damian Collins going to do next year, right? Like, is, is I, I don't know where he would fit into that equation. But even if it's not elite rim protection, it still should be better than what we've been accustomed to. Like, is he going to be is is Onyenso plus uh, Bradshaw slash Collins? Is that is that Willie Collie Stein, Earl's Noel, or Anthony Davis? Maybe not, but it's it should be better than it should be the next best thing, right? So at least for a one year uh, fix, it it does feel like Cal will get what he ultimately needs to be successful, but it's still as you said, like the results are the results, and when Kentucky goes through. What it normally does with these new teams in the early part of the season, and there's a ton of growing pains, um, it's going to feel like early on in the Calipari era 
where it's a tenuous relationship and half of the fan base is wondering if this is going to work. Because as much as people, uh, you know, we, we look back fondly on that 2011 season uh, that ended in a Final Four, it was a lot of pressure because that team was not playing well in the spring. And a lot of people, especially in the national media, wanted to say that, Cal, can't, you can't win with freshmen. It's just not going to work. Uh, that, that There was a big question mark if it could work or not. And I feel like we, we've we've completely reverted back to that uh, over the last seven or eight years or so. Like, can whatever Cal is doing work? It's just for different reasons this time around. Yeah, the 2011 team, they beat teams in the non-conference. They had a lead point, like a dog at point guard, like the like the kids say. And then all their losses were just close on the road. Um, yeah. One of my hot takes is, like, the SEC is so much more improved, Nick, that – it's just we've seen Kentucky go through lulls with Cal and the, his younger teams, so you're just it's going to be harder to like go 15 and three. You're going to go there's going to be a lot of 13 and fives regardless of the talent level, and if you're doing that, it's hard to get a one seed. And yeah. historically, one seeds are the ones who win the tournament. So if you want to win the tournament, you need to get consistently get number one seeds, and then eventually you're going to break through and win one. Um, my issue is can, I don't, I'm having a hard time seeing Cal getting back to where he can get one seeds or he let alone get one of elite or do it consistently. And if you can't do that, it's just going to be hard to win a title if you can't do that. And that's what really what this is all about, right? We want to win a championship. Kentucky fans want to win a championship. Kentucky wants to win a championship. Can Calipari get you in the position to do that? And to me, like, you got to get one seeds. Uh, and it's just hard for me to see him get – like, this was why this year was so disappointing. It's because, all right, he had an old team. A bunch of guys have played together. Uh, they should have been really familiar with the personnel. They should have been familiar with the SEC's personnel. They knew what they were getting into. Like, this should have been a team that ran off a bunch of wins in the non-con, could have posted a really good conference record, and could have got to that that one seed mark. And then they would have had a real chance at going and winning it. And, that, and that's not what's happening. They, they're 20 and 10. Uh, that's why that's so – so then we're all saying, well, he needs to have freshmen, these star freshmen, these star freshmen. If you're playing a tough schedule like that, it's just going to be hard to run off a 25 and six record or a 26 and five record. It's going to be a more leaning so 23 and eight, and then you're like a three seed. And so it's just a, you're just kind of in a weird spot right now, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and, and the one thing you didn't mention either is that this year you had you had the Louisville regional too, where it's just it, you, you're if you're able to get a one seed and play at home. Just feels like the stars were aligning, and now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's every, and that's Louisville's had that what three times, four times in the Cal era, and like, Kentucky's only gotten there once. Um, and that was 20, that wasn't even for the regional, right? That yeah. was just the in early 2019, 2019. You had a chance, you know, you lose to Tennessee yeah. twice down the stretch, kind of mm-hmm. blow the opportunity. Hey, got Tennessee this year though. Yeah, the, uh, it's funny how that works. Like the year that you don't really need to have the Tennessee sweep. Well, you needed it, but not. it wasn't as big as the other years, I would say. Um, like the 2019 team. That would have been nice to beat them in the conference tournament. They're probably what the biggest mean? conference tournament game uh, since probably those those Kentucky-Arkansas games back in the day. Yeah, or maybe the Kentucky-Florida's back in like 03. Those were, uh, those were fun. Uh, Keith Bogans. All-time great. Put his jersey. Hang, hang in the rafters. Hang in the rafters. It's uh, it's about time for our daily double break. It's also going to be time to get to the Thornton's text line when we return for our number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Fun discussion there. We got to let 
the football guys talk a little bit basketball. We'll have much more preview in the Arkansas game and uh, what we want to see and hear from Will Levis today at the NFL Combine in Indy. Don't go anywhere. Justin Kalen, Adam Luckett, Nick Rush, live from the Indianapolis Combine in Indianapolis Combine from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. This is Kentucky Roll. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back into Hour Number 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Nick Roush, the Scooter Dingish. The Dingish. Scooter Dingish, Harry. <laughs> Special guest Adam Luckett, where we're live in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. And one thing that I do miss about being at home is having Salsaritas nearby because they have two locations, very convenient. One in Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews, the other one in Middletown's got a drive-through. So it's it's very convenient to get fresh Mexican food. And here's the thing, Scoots. I know a lot of people they are abstaining from eating meat on Fridays during Lent, like uh, good Catholics. Well, the good thing is you can get some fresh shrimp, have some shrimp tacos or shrimp quesadilla, or just do a bean and cheese burrito. Uh, I like to go the way where you just load up on the fajita veggies. That with shrimp, put it in a bed of rice with some black beans. That's a freaking meal right there at Salsaritas. Check them out. Get some of their fresh salsa, their their tasty guacamole. Um Man, sounds great. It's 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 it's, uh, it's an upgrade from this continental breakfast. I'll I, tell you what. I could go for a shrimp quesadilla today. That sounds delicious. It's just shrimp is so good. It is, especially when you we get to wrist twisting. By the way, it up. we uh, we skipped trivia this week, but do you know how many babies a mature shrimp has? Ooh. Um... I'm going to guess 488. That is way off. If this was trivia, you would have lost. I looked this up not too long ago because I was like, man, we as just a world eat so much shrimp. They have to have an astronomical amount of babies. So I looked it up. A mature four-year-old shrimp. They get mature about four years old. So when they have a when they have babies, they can have up to 25,000. <laughs> is that crazy or what? 25,000. Yeah, and I, I should have guessed higher because you would assume that fish and any sort of sea creature, they can just kind of let the uh, put their, their eggs down, right? That's it's where we get the caviar. But, man, 25,000, that's, that's a lot. That's so many. That's so many. <laughs> So many. Well, great, fun, fun. That's a great, fun fact. Yeah, I should have probably uh, saved that for when I host trivia, but I didn't. I want, I wanted to use it today. So there you go. There's your fun trivia for the day. I, I have saved some some facts up for trivia if that does if that does happen. But you know what? I plan on winning 
next week. So oh, okay, well, so I, I'm doing the same. So it's going to be a battle. Yeah. Suck it, Scoots. Who do the Hoosiers got? Is it uh, Michigan? Who are they closing out the year with? Michigan at home. Surely they're not going to lose back-to-back home games, right? Uh, it's senior night, so I wouldn't imagine that they would fall in this game, but Kentucky got beat by Vanderbilt on their senior night, so tough to tell. Indiana's never Indiana? lost on senior night, have they, Luckett? <laughs> I'm sure never. When is the last time Indiana won a Big Ten tournament? Oh, like never. 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 They never have. They've won the Big they, Ten they Conference. they like mid-90s? Yeah, and Indiana. I don't even think. I want to say Indiana's never even been to the championship. Of the Big Ten tournament, so Lucky, did you did you do that on purpose? He did. <laughs> yes, sixty forty, <laughs> sixty forty on purpose. Not 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 completely on purpose. I realized what I was doing after I said it. So then I kept going. So Suck yeah, it. but yes, <laughs> and half of those tournaments are probably played in Indy, which is IU, an IU home game. Not anymore. It's a Purdue <sighs> home game now. Oh, wow. I think it's in Chicago this year. It's usually it rotates is. between India and Chicago, I think. Yeah, I hate the yeah. Chicago place. You don't like the United Center? The House I, of Jordan I, just, I don't like that it's hosted in Chicago. Stop stop throwing the Chicago ends a bone. Keep it in Indy. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's really helping Northwestern and Indiana over the yeah, years. Yeah, but in Chicago, wouldn't that be like the biggest melting pot of like with Everybody. a lot of people that graduated from the Big Ten going work? Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. I like that phrase too. Like it melting pot. That's pretty good. I've got them all. It's it's giraffe week. You got to have all your little um, catchy words and catch uh, uh, phrases ready to go this week. Oh, there's, we, we also got to get to the Thornton's text line. And the one thing that I like to do when TJ is out is I like to jump ahead. And we have one smart alecky texter that actually brings up a fun conversation point. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the number two that Thornton sticks on. Said, kind of disappointing like the football season, right? Uh, you know, because they're, they're trying to do the basketball versus football thing. But like it, I don't think there's any denying that the football season was a disappointment. As somebody who was heavily, heavily invested in over seven and a half wins, that Vanderbilt game uh, was very financially troubling uh, for me. <laughs> It was a very disappointing season. I think we can chalk up the disappointing season to not only a bad offensive coordinator hire, but I think you saw some of the some some stuff caught up to Kentucky on the offensive line all at once. Um, the, the for for the lack of a better term, that's what I would chalk it up to. If Kentucky falls short this year, if there's another ho-hum seven and five season and we're looking at the belk bowl what or excuse me duke's mayo oh gosh how could i forget that um but if if there is another disappointing season like it what will what will it be what will be the cause of that yeah it's interesting football basketball like the home losses for both of them yeah like south carolina vanderbilt the ones you point to for both, yeah. Like how did you how did you lose both those games? If you, then you had Kansas just win, at home, just, Arkansas at home in basketball, yeah. If you if you just win those games or win one of them, that things are look a lot different for both, at least right now. So that that that's disappointing. But for the football team, 
Nick, I think they're going to be pretty good on defense. I don't think they're going to be, you know, we'll see. I don't know if they'll be like top five defense, but I think they'll be a legit top 25 defense. If, and then it, it just points to offense. Like for me, it's, it's kind of just tied to the line. One, can they run, like, can they run the ball effectively at all without Chris Rodriguez? They didn't come close to that without him last year. And even with him, there were some inefficiencies in their run game. Now they're adding a quarterback that's not giving you anything or it's not a real running threat with his legs outside of um, a few scrambles here and there. So, like, can they do that? And then can they protect? Like, to me, that's the issue. I think this passing game's got a chance to be pretty good. Um, you look at the three three factors here, play caller, quarterback, receiving core. Like, they should feel pretty good about, I think, all three of those. It's just really going to come down the line, and can they have balance? Um, and with Mark Stoops, if they get real pass heavy, is he going to – like, is he just going to let them cook and throw it 40 times? Or do they need to – do they try to, you know, run the ball when they when they really shouldn't in certain situations? And so that, to me, it's all tied with the running game and the offensive line. Like, what can what can those two position groups be? Because when you look – to me, when you kind of look at the roster, that's the two big – I think they need to figure out cornerback. Um, but those are the two big, I think, positional – if you're going to say weaknesses, if they have them on paper, those are the two positions, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and we did get a little bit of football news yesterday. Um, we got new numbers. Ray Davis going to rock the single number one at running back. He's going to play a significant role in that running game. Uh, there, uh, we, we also recently learned that Devin Leary should be good to go spring practice, throwing the ball. He'll be just an unlimited throw count. And I think the other thing is, to your point about the offensive line, it's tied to it, is just keeping Devin Leary healthy. Because one thing we'll watch when spring practice starts on Monday, that's right, spring practice starts on Monday. Uh, at least Mark Stoops is going to speak on Monday to kind of kick things off. Uh, where, uh, Who is going to be the guy behind Devin Leary? if he does get banged up because they cannot protect him. Uh, the South Carolina game, not a recipe for success. Uh, Destin Wade was called upon in the Music City Bowl. Not an ideal situation to go against the college football's number one defense. Um, it's just a, a hard, hard to gauge. So that that's another piece of the equation. Do you have somebody that can manage it well enough to, to get you through a game or two in a pinch and, and you can come away with a win? I thought they had that last year, but I was wrong. So but those are a few a few things to keep in mind as to how things can go worst-case scenario. Because here's the thing, Luckett, I don't know about you. Before the season, I like talking best-case scenarios. I don't like talking worst-case scenarios. So I like getting those out of the way right now in the spring so we can just be overly optimistic sunshine pumpers in August. Yeah, and open practice April 1st, Saturday. Yeah. So fans are going to be able to go to that. To me, the biggest question might not be what happens at spring practice. It might be, all right, uh, does some scholarship capital open up? Do they have some guys that leave after spring practice? And then what do they do with those open scholarships? Like who do they add after the spring? Um, that to me is kind of big. Do they add another tackle? Do they add a backup quarterback? Do they go and get a kicker? Um, those are the, really the things I'm – I'm looking at do they do they get another off wall linebacker? Um, that's what I'm looking at. Do they address any of those four spots I just named, or they sit pat in the portal? That's really 
to me, if you're looking at the thing to pay attention to the next few months, that's what I'm looking at is what they what they do when that portal reopens in two weeks on May 1st. Boy, kid, I got some bad news. I didn't check the schedule, and we've we've missed Bryce Young. Yeah, I'm seeing that now that he's going. I was yeah. sitting here. I was on Twitter, and I'm like, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are talking, and Roush and Luckett are doing the radio show. What the hell? Well, T.J. kind of put us in a bind. He did. Apparently, the yeah. crowd for Bryce Young's pretty gnarly. Yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll it'll be close to that for Levis too. I'm looking yeah, at it like, right now. And also, um, I'll retweet it for those of you who want to see. What it. time is Levis? Uh, great question. <laughs> You're prepared. I like it. I knew it was after the show. I think it's not till like ten twenty or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, it, it rivals the crowd of Kyler Murray, Manti Teo, Jameis Winston from years past. It's like it's only, I bet the yeah. Teo one was ridiculous. Yeah, like no, give me a freaking break. This is, yes, this is. It's weird. People are shocked that the media is crowding around for a quarterback to talk like that. That's all the time. Um, I, I have, I no longer get shock value in that. It was the the one I remember most was Johnny Football at SEC Media Days, but ever since then I'm, I've grown kind of numb to it because it's kind of just yeah. what you expect, par for the course. Well, I remember Joe Burrow, and it was, all the all the hype was like, he he doesn't want to play for the Bengals. Like, you know, he doesn't want to get drafted. We could see the new Eli Manning where he don't want to, you know. And then it was just parsing through anything Burrow said. He said, I'm fine. Like, he would say, I'm fine with playing at Cincinnati. And they were like, well, it's just – he just said he's fine. That means he's not okay. He does not want to play for the Bengals. And it was all that until finally, he, you know, he got drafted. And that finally stopped. But, yeah, I remember that. And that was a crazy crowd for him. Yeah, yeah. It, um, you know, combine. It, it's a, it's a crazy, weird. It's a, it's one of those moments where you look around and you're like, God, this is a, this is such a weird sport. We have a weird job. <laughs> but that's how it works. Yep. The NFL, they're into making money. So if they can do it, they're gonna, they're gonna get extravagant when they can. And that's really kind of what the combine and draft have become. It's become mm-hmm. just yeah. kind of, you know, a media first event in many, many ways. Uh, which uh, draft this year, Kansas City, Kansas City. So we might be we might be making the trip out there. Uh, have you ever been to Kansas City, Luckett, Scoots? I, I have not. Scoots? I, I have not either, but I can only imagine at the NFL draft we're going to get a lot of, like, Tomahawk chants. Right? From, uh, from Chiefs fans, we'll do those, oh, oh. Yeah, last pick of the first round. I'm sure that'll be. <laughs> that'll be active but the thing about the draft you get like fans just go yeah like yeah like vikings fan would like, let's go to kansas city go to the draft it'll be a a big beer drinking crowd though you know and whatever the the, the parties are too they'll be a little um a little different than going out to you know like in arizona for the super bowl just will just will be a lot different um but i'm excited I'm 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 excited uh, to to potentially get to go out to Kansas City, eat some of the barbecue, and feel like a real big J. Because the biggest of big J's, <laughs> they get they got to try the barbecue and talk about it. That's just Mal- that's how they roll. Malik Cunningham, right after Levis at ten fifty. Nick, ooh, um, any questions you want to ask Malik Mikhail? Yeah, let's get his name right. right first. I have one, but it's very inappropriate. I don't think I can say it on the radio. <laughs> 
How does it feel to lose to Kentucky five times I, in a row? I, that's what I knew you were going for. The the, the low hanging fruit. Yeah, right, right, right. We could uh we could crunch up his splits, his stat splits between everybody else in the Kentucky game. So what happened in these four games? <laughs> oh man, yeah, Darnell Washington and uh, Michael Mayer. I'm gonna go. They'll be the first folks we see. Maybe I can ask Payne Durham who his favorite Brahm is. Jeff Greg yeah. or Bond. Easy, or, easy or Oscar or Brady. Any more you got? Uh, there, there's plenty of them. I think I think that's more than enough. Um, ooh, we also get to size up Stetson Bennett. Is he going to have to answer DUI questions, or are people going to care? PI public intoxication. No. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sure someone will ask him that. Stetson, last time we saw. Last Joy time we Pierce. saw Stetson Bennett at this hour, it was on Good Morning America, and my man was having a time. <sighs> so, Stetson, what's your preferred cold beer? <laughs> Domestic or craft? Yeah. Draft or bottle? Oh, man. Looks like a Miller, he looks like a Miller Lite guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just my guess. Let's get to this Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450. One texter says, honestly, I could care less what happens in the SEC tournament because it's not like the results of this tourney matter for seeding. The committee already has their bracket made before the championship game, as we found out last year. We actually found that out in 2016. Um, but, I, I mean, I still enjoy uh, winning the SEC tournament. I think my sentiment has – I'm usually like, let's go win this thing like it. But without Wallace, I, I I don't think Kentucky has a chance. So I've become more indifferent about it than I typically would be. Yeah, I think um, we talk about like vibes. I think definitely if you can make a run, win a couple games, get to Sunday, and then you at least win one game in the NCAA tournament, I think it makes um, the going in the offseason a little more optimistic. Uh, it just makes pe- – that, that tournament does matter. Like it matters at Kentucky um, more so than other places. And so winning games there, a lot of times, if you can win multiple games, it's almost it like equates to me like winning an NCAA tournament game. I mean, it's just a big deal here. And so I think that could help some of the just, you know, momentum around the program if they were able to win a couple games there in Nashville. Especially because the crowd in Nashville is such a – that's the most passionate portion of well, the fan base. More people do go to that than they go to the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Right, because you know where it's going to be. You can plan ahead. You make it a big celebration of sorts. And if you reward them with wins, then they're going to return their fandom, their love tenfold. So that's that's where it does it does matter to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. Know that about it. Another texture on the Thornton's text line says, you wonder why conspiracy theorists think the way they do, and it's no coincidence that the whole Wheeler debacle doesn't get your mind going. They tell you what to believe despite what you actually believe, and then they pull a stunt, and what else are you supposed to think? Is he hurt? Did he quit on the team? Who the hell else knows? Um, hold up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow this person's line of thinking. So are they pro-conspiracy theorists or anti-conspiracy theorists? They tell you what to believe, despite what you actually believe, and they pull that stunt, and what else are you supposed to think? Huh. I, I guess I think they're He's saying against it. this is why conspiracy theorists, theory, theoriers, theor- yes, this is why they exist, I think is what they're saying. 
because this this Wheeler thing is just a hole. So it's uh, a whole can of worms. Yeah. Gosh. I think everybody's probably. I think Severe will benefit from potentially going to another school for his last year, and I think Kentucky will probably benefit just from moving on. I think it's just going to be better for all parties involved just to kind yep. of move on here. Yep, and I, I thought that might be the case last year, but um, no, no, they, they they stuck it around for another one, and uh, things have not gone well. Things have not gone well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, another texture on the Thorns text line says, as much crap as Kentucky gets for shooting too many mid-range shots, they are very comparable to the top teams in college basketball. Here's Houston and UCLA compared to us. A lot of mid-range shots between all teams, but I guess it's only a, a problem when Kentucky does it. Kentucky shots to NBA teams is just ridiculous. And um, there's some truth to that. Like, you should never shoot mid range, but like, you get into these games and Kentucky's shooting more of those middle of the floor shots than other teams. And if you look, Bart Torvik has, he kind of puts shots in the bucket to, to like separate buckets, like three of them. There's close twos, far twos, three point shots. Kentucky's shooting a higher percentage from like barely. It's about the same percentage from as far two and three point range, but they they shoot more far twos. So I think that's to me that's evidence that they should take a few steps back and shoot some more threes because the percentage wise, I mean, if you just add those points up, it's a lot more because threes more than two. Um, which gets me back to I think it's okay to be critical about Cal's offensive philosophy, but the offense has been good this year. I'm not gonna hammer the offense. That's not why they're losing um, a lot of these games. Their defense is just not good. And that's the biggest issue to me. Yeah, and if if you also had a criticism too of the way the offense operated, at least against Vanderbilt when they shot so poorly, I mean Vanderbilt didn't have their shot blocker. So why don't you just attack? They, yeah, they didn't go to the rim enough. That was probably the biggest issue. They only had I think ten shots at the rim, and Vandy outshot them at the rim. That's just uh, they're just settling there in the middle of the floor. I think is why people get. That's really the criticism to me. And I think they only had something like 12 second-chance points on 18 offensive rebounds. There, there was some weird stat like that where – Yeah, they just didn't shoot – Kentucky just didn't shoot the ball well at all. I mean, they they're, they're, like this team – I think they shot 32, 33% in the game. And I don't care where the shots are coming from. Kentucky is not built to beat any top 50-ish team shooting 32, 33% with the way they play defense. Like they have to score points to win um, with this group. And so I think that's, you know, the offense, they're not built to survive the offense having a bad game, regardless of where the shots come from. Well, and, and the other part of it, too, is Kaysom Wallace is your best player at getting to the rim um, because Reeves will settle for that floater, right? Like, he's not he's not getting all the way there. Um, C.J. Fredericks and I get into the rim. Jacob and Toppin Reeves is – Settles Reeves too much. score first, score, score second, too. Like, he's not setting other people up. I think that's really kind of what they miss with Wallace is he's more of the table setter for everybody else. Correct, correct. Uh, not to call Reeves a black hole, but – Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just yeah, that's just who he is as a player. He's not built to be – A distributor. A, right. He's not built to be a point guard. He's built to be a, a, a guy of the two or three that's aggressive hunting shots and putting the ball and getting buckets. That's his game. Man, I'm looking outside right now, and we don't have to walk very far in the rain like it, but I'm just not not looking forward to it. Did you, did you bring an umbrella? I think I have one in the car. By the way, Roush, I'm sure you know this, but 
JCPS and Oldham County both canceled school today. Pretty wild. Yeah, worked out great for us, too, because the wife needed to take a day. And so she gets to keep her day. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, that that is – and I, I don't that, – that, that's a first. I, I, I can't – aside from that windstorm bucket that happened – you were well, hell. You were probably at UK about then. Did did, did the wind? Yeah, I don't think. I don't yes, think you, I was. Did it? Did the windstorm hit Lexington too? Not as bad as Louisville. Okay, because we were. I don't think it was like I, I. Where I remember it, it was not everything was shut down like it was at Louisville. Now there was an ice storm too. Yeah. Around that time, that was really bad in Lexington. That yeah. that windstorm. Like college classes cancel for like three days, which never happens. Never happens. UK canceling multiple days at school. We would maybe get one to two snow days a year, maybe. But that was like a bit. That was a big deal when that ice storm happened. I'll never forget the day of that windstorm. That was one of the craziest days ever. Just walking outside and it was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah that was that was nuts. For for those who weren't around back in, I want to say it was oh. They canceled high school seven. football games. I'm pretty sure. Oh, like eight. yeah. Well, because there wasn't it the the wind from one of the hurricanes. So the the hurricane rain went away, but the wind was still there, and it knocked out power. Mm-hmm. You know, like DeSales is near Ercoy Park, and the trees there. I mean, they, it just took days to restore power to a lot of places. So I, we got a, almost a whole week out of school. I think we might have had a whole week. Out. Wasn't that Hurricane yeah, Ike? That sounds right. Hurricane Ike? Ike is that right? That sounds right. It sounds about that time. Yeah. yeah. But it was this one, and, and you know, I, I would have been like, these kids now are soft. But the way that d- dismissing and the way that how messed up the buses are now, like I'm just, uh, you know what, it it could be a disaster. It's yeah, best to just uh, avoid it. Like, I, I, like kids do have to wait out. Like when they cancel in a cold, I don't have like kids do have to wait outside. Like a lot of times, like their parents may drop them off, or they have to walk a half mile to wherever their bus is. Like an eight, you know, nine year old standing in the negative three degree weather. I get why they cancel it sometimes. And what's the yeah. big deal? Like they can, ju- well, I get it from a parent's perspective because you got to find. It's a pain in the butt to kids. find the right somebody right. to watch your kids. But I, I think it would be even worse if you knew your kid was having to stand outside in this junk for a long time. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, concerned concerned parents here on Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, uh, <laughs> parents really, first. We've really matured over the years, but we've got to take one final break before we trudge out in the rain. Go hang out with Will Levis at the NFL Combine here in Indianapolis. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett, and that's the Scooter Dingus in Southern Indiana holding down the four on the Big X Sports Radio. Charles is having Kevin cover the phones for a while. How do I say this diplomatically? I think Kevin is doing exactly as well as anyone might have expected someone like him to perform in a position like that. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Dunder Mifflin, this is Kevin. Please hold while I transfer you. Oscar, your mom! Welcome back in 
to hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. The Roll Call. Final segment here from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. That's Justin Kalen. He's Adam Luckett. I'm Nick Roush. Justin Kalen's going to tell you all about Shady Rays. Yeah, it's a great company. Kentucky, Kentucky-built company. Built by Kentuckians for Kentuckians. I have a pair of Shady Rays myself. My all-time favorite sunglasses of all time. They're polarized, and they got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you break them or lose them, they will get you a replacement pair. You just pay a little bit of a shipping and handling, and they are built to feed hungry Americans. Feeding, what, 100 people with each pair? Or is it 10? I forgot. Uh, 100. Feeding. Why not? Feeding hungry Americans. Shady Rays. If you visit shadyrays.com, use the promo code Big X, you save 25% on your sunglasses. So make sure to visit, hit that up. Visit shadyrays.com. I know TJ hit it up for his ski goggles before he went out to Colorado. So you can. You can get a number of things on Shady Rays. Just your normal sunglasses. You can get the blue light ones if you're staring at a computer screen all day and even ski goggles. So hit up Shady Rays today. Scoots' all-time favorite all-time glasses. All-time. The best. Of, of all time. Of all time. Of all time, yeah. I'll say it again if I need to. Favorite glasses of all time. All-time favorite, favorite glasses. Of all time. Is that how I said uh, it, really? Scoots, would you believe at the Combine that every NFL team – has literally their own radio show. Really? And they're all there together. I can believe that, yeah. yeah. So this is like, it would be like if Tom Leach went to the SEC media days and just hosted a radio show. That's what it's like here at the combat, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, it's, and, and the thing that I wonder about too is the audience for it because it's got to be, like a lot of them probably aren't on native radio. And also how many people want to listen to people listen to the shock jocks for lack of a better term, because they're critical of them. The, the, these, the, these shows aren't going to be critical of the program. Like uh, it's a bad example because they've been good as of like, like Jags or Lions radio, the Titans one, right? Like if you're listening to national radio, they are, they aren't exactly, thrilled with the way things are going in Tennessee as you see them slowly decline after having a couple years of making playoff runs. I don't know what those shows are going to be like. I don't know who's watching, who's listening. It's just, it's it's a little bizarre. So is it all like their local radio shows? No, it's like, it's logo, no. it's trademark. It'll be like Steelers Radio or um, yeah, it's the teams. It's the team's right. show. Ah, yeah, that's what's weird about it. It's not just me and you doing a radio row. It's it's the teams having their own video platform sort of deal. Huh. That's that's interesting. Try to find out who's there for the Jaguars for me. Report back. Okay, uh, I'll I'll do my best. Um, have you all? Did you stay up late last night, Scoots? Did you watch the SEC Network? No, I did not. No, I was I was in bed before ten o'clock last night. Kyra Elsie's cats, man. I don't know what it is about this SEC tournament like it, but they're at their best. They put it on Alabama. Six and all in the SEC tournament now? I think she's now seven and one because seven and one. she Yeah, yeah. Was was one and one in the first year. Um, but beat Alabama and beat them pretty handily without their star Robin Benton playing well. I think she was in foul trouble. It was only oh of four or five from the floor. So 
Kentucky, when you're hot, you squat. And the Cats, they are very hot right now. Uh, staying alive. Yeah, 7-1 seven to, seven to in the SEC tournament. Pretty remarkable run. Who do they have tonight? Do we know? Uh, I was I was getting ready to pull that up. Uh, but, yeah, Jaden Walker had 24 points and seven assists, six steals. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, I'm scrolling to the bottom of this post. Where does it say? They'll play, oh, they're going to play Tennessee tonight. So that that might be the end of the road. They they the they played Tennessee on Sunday and got molly whopped by about twenty. So who knows? Maybe maybe they have turned over a new leaf. It would be pretty crazy though if they just kept this thing going. <laughs> you won't hear this from me very often, but suck involves go cats. Yeah. Take it, just suck it, and you suck it, suck it. Let's uh let's get back to this Thornton's text line five zero two. 414-1450 is the number. Another texture says, has anyone tried telling Kyra Elsey that the SEC regular season is actually just one long SEC tournament? It's <laughs> <laughs> good text. They've equaled their SEC wins total in the SEC tournament. They only won two SEC games this year? Yeah, they were the 14th seed. They were, they were the bad SEC this year. Holy yeah. moly. A lot of it's injuries, illnesses. I mean, they've had a lot of people out, but yeah, they were not great, Bob. Not great. They're hot now. On fire. They're on fire. Uh, John here says one texture. Happy Friday morning, everyone. TGIF, my friends. Wow, the Lady Cats are making some noise. You got to be happy for them. Hey, Oscar said Wallace should be ready to go. Those are great words, but does this mean Wallace will be ready to go for Saturday's game? Either way, I have our cats bouncing back and beating the Razorbacks by four, and the MVP will be the big O. One last thing. You ever heard of Banan Ball and the Savannah? Oh, I think he meant to say Banana Ball and the Savannah Bananas team. Man, this is a unique twist on the game of baseball. It's pretty cool. I came across it last night doing some YouTube surfing. I remember seeing some crazy dances from some baseball individuals online, but never watched a game until last night. It was cool. Well, y'all have a great weekend. I uh, gotta go. Talk to you later. I've never seen a game, but look at I've I've seen the the clips of the bananas, and uh, the one that I particularly enjoyed was the guy on stilts that had an at bat on stilts. Yeah, I couldn't imagine As even we- trying to get on stilts, let alone swing a swing a bat. I, mean, I can barely swing a bat with without the. Stilts. I can barely swing a golf club. I don't know if I'm getting on stilts. And- <laughs> I don't know if I could hit a putt on stilts. Yeah, the, the bananas do all kinds of crazy things. They light their bats on fire. They do dances before they throw pitches. It is wild. You know, fun story. So I'm I'm with the talent agency for broadcasting, and I got an email about when that job opened up a few years back, but they were just wanting a non-traditional broadcaster, and now I know why, because they do not play traditional baseball. No, no. But I, looking back now, I'm, I'm like, I kind of regret it because, man, that could have been a lot of fun. But I don't know. I just don't know how I would have made it different than a traditional broadcast. So that's why I didn't Brock, do it. You got to Brockmire it, you know? Yeah. Show up drunk. Harry Carey. Is Brockmire drunk? Or, or is he he was drunk. He drank, cup? didn't he? That was that was his main thing. I mean, that's how he got in trouble initially. I don't know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't know if he did drink after he. Yeah, you're right. On. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. Yeah, that, that was a fun show. I had a shelf life on it, but it was was fun there for a little while. 
Um, man, it would be fun to be a Savannah banana. Um, kind of this, oh, well, I already read that one. Having a dog at point guard is one thing. How about recruiting some capable ball handlers and having more than two of them on the team? Cal has failed at roster management the last few seasons. Yeah, but another thing about roster. I don't think that's fair because we all thought Frederick could play point guard. Like, um, yeah. they had three of them. Two of them just been hurt. Like, I like you can't predict that. See, that, that's what I was going to say. Part of roster management, if yeah, having gonna, three point guards would be capital on point guard, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. have other players. Uh, I don't, I don't fault him for that. You know, it's just a tough situation. And if any team loses a player of the caliber, Casey Wallace, who I would say is a plus point starting point guard in college basketball. Um, one of the better ones. Anybody that loses that, it's just going to – they're going to yeah. have some issues. It just is what it is. And, and the other thing, too, that I think you have to uh, at least – I don't want to say be optimistic about, but you have to – as bad as things have been uh, from an injury standpoint, there hasn't been – I mean, I guess Wheeler's is technically season ending, but, you know, whatever – uh, but Castleton goes down for the year, broken hand, Ziggler, ACL, and then now Liam Robbins. Like, they're, they're not to say you're lucky to be in this, but it, it, it could be worse. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, it's just that injury luck has not been on Kentucky's side, particularly the timing as of late. Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder, like, why is this happening? Um, but they did just make it like a strength coach change. I mean, that's if you were going to do something, that's what you would do to try to change that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it's happening. But, like, when you added C.J. Frederick, you knew the in, the injury thing. The dur- the lack of durability was a thing. So you can't really – you knew what you were taking on. But other than that, you didn't know, like, Wheeler mm-hmm. was going to get hurt and then that uh, Casey Wallace was going to have two injuries that knocked him out of games this year. Separate one, a back, and then a what looks like be an ankle. Correct, correct. Um, ooh, Kirby has a long text for us, and look at he says he's going to argue for that third group you put out there because I'm in it. Do we remember what the third group was? That says everyone knows it was, it was the cow thing. It was people that that um, want cow gone now. It was people that don't want cow gone, but are kind of you know getting upset with the results. And then the third is the people that defend cow nonstop for, for everything. So he's in the, the he's the John Snow with Cal behind him, just pulling okay. the board and ready to fight. With, with Everyone knows smart. we can. Kirby Smart apparently really likes John Calipari. <laughs> Everyone knows we can win regardless of coach. It's been proven for the most part for seventy years. Not sure any anyone is scared that we can't figure that out. I think the third camp is more loyalists who still remember his first ten years and believe he has equity for a couple more. Acting like Hero Fox Elite Eight runs weren't elite. Uh, I think both things are true, Nick. I think the, I think younger fans, that's all they've really known is Cal, right? That's all they really remember is Calipari. I mean, Calipari's been here, what, 13 years? This is year 14. Yeah, if you – like, you really start remembering games when you're eight, nine years old. So, those yeah. people are, like, mid-20s, you know? Yep. They're out of college, and they've had real jobs. So, um, not to, like – and I think there's just – you know, and there's others, too. Like, you remember – even back, you just remember Tubby. So, like, if you're you were ten in two thousand, you're thirty something years old, right? That's all you really know. Like, Cal has clearly been the best for your entire life. Um, you, you following basketball, which is not a short amount of time, 
And so I think that has something to do with that. But that's just my opinion. And I'm just a football guy who's going to overanalyze um, short shuttle times today. So take it with a grain of salt. College basketball is hard, and so is the tourney. They had bad beats and tourneys. Those teams were up to the standard and could have won championship. It's been a rough three years with a common denominator as talent. If fans want to accept it or not, and a lot of the same players have been here through that period. On Cal for construction, but transfer portal play, locking ourselves into multi-year mid-level players that all the fans wanted was a misstep. The top and wheeler Oscar era has been very underwhelming. Oscar has put up great numbers, but limits used in areas leading to his stats. Roy Williams went on a drought and then finished with a bang. Hopeful Cal can do the same. Do you think we can all agree he has next year? And then after that, it's been a heck of a run. Um, there is a, a point, too, that I, I think trying to uh, – he, he, getting the transfer portal right, he's not – been a home run hitter with that. Like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, but he's hit. Uh, he got this. the national player of the year out of the portal too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, so like, he's had some misses, but you're not gonna hit 100. Like, you're gonna have misses in the portal. That's why it can't be. You know, it can help you rebuild faster, but it can't be the end all be all. Like, if you're de- depending on the, the portal to add multiple starters, it's just not. Some years you're gonna be able to do it, but some years you're not. So high school recruiting, whether football or basketball, has to be your backbone and then the portal needs to fill holes where you missed on high school evaluations. And the, the other thing that I'm not going to completely push back on Kirby, but I really only think that the Fox monk bam team was championship good. I don't know if any of these other teams were now, maybe were they final four good and came up close short. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. The 2019 team, they beat that Auburn team by 28 and then lost to them three weeks later in the elite eight. I mean, yeah, they were the only team I think, I didn't think that 2019 was championship good, but they were really, really close. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's uh, the other one I would consider. But every like, I know people love that 2020 team because of the guards, uh, but I don't. I think that team could probably made the final four, but I don't know if that team would have won at all. Would have actually won it, right? Right, and that and that's kind of to our point is there. There hasn't been this. That that's yeah, the part that well, you, haven't a one, you haven't been a one. You haven't been a one seed since 2015, Nick. Yeah, like you haven't been a top five. You've been. You know, I guess you consider 2017 because they were probably a high two seed, but you just haven't been a one seed. You haven't been one of the <clears throat> one of the better teams going into the tournament, and that's 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 overall, I think, the biggest issue right now. Can they get back to that? Can they get back to being a dominant regular season team that gets one seed consistently? They had three in six years: 2010, 2012, 2015. They haven't had any, and what is it? Almost eight, nine years since. That's what they mm. got to get back to. Uh, how far will UK have to go in the tournament for Cal to win back the fans? I mean, the Final Four is the only thing that would get everybody to shut up. Um, I, but as, as you said earlier, getting to that second weekend would at least let us exhale a little bit and say, okay, like let's it, – it, kind of like the way that the football season ended where you were disappointed, but you know what? You beat Florida and Louisville – you know, it was a win, technically a winning season. It wasn't great, but made enough change. Like there's a, there's enough reasons to believe that you're going to be better next year than you were this year. I, I think that that's the most likely scenario moving forward. And it's easier for football just because the historical expectations are different. The standard is a standard. It's a mm-hmm. you know expectation. The bar is just a lot lower than for football right, than right. it is for basketball to get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're just not reaching 
they're not coming close to reach what what people kind of expect, and that's that's the overall issue I think they're facing right now. So Oscar, he believes Wallace will be back. A texter says, does he mean Wallace will be ready for a fun pregame death premonition? I don't follow. The, uh, Oscar's uh, story. The, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Sister Jean, she's changing up the premonition game. So <laughs> thinking Frederick can play point and stay healthy is poor roster management. Uh, here, here's the well, thing, I though. your third option. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Typically, it's two point guards, and then one of your off-ball guards is like a can handle the ball in a pitch. That that's kind of, I mean, that, that's how some. And other, I mean, it's hard off- to find good point guards. Like, just look around college basketball. There's not a lot of them. I mean, Deron Lamb had to do that at times. Julius Mays had to do that at times. I mean, that, that that's that's kind of how that at least makes sense. the The problem is, is that. The problem is, is that the the role, the ideal role for Severe Wheeler. I mean, this is this is the the ultimate crux of it. Is how many people want to be the backup point guard? We're kind of seeing it, right? Like, like you, quarterback, you, you yeah. have the ideal backup point guard, and he doesn't want that role, and it's and it's caused and it's caused stuff. And in my opinion, the biggest thing with Severe is he just doesn't fit the pieces in the way Calipari wants to play. I think Jay Wright that said this, I think he was on the call for the Auburn game or he said it somewhere. It was just putting Wallace in has allowed – it's just made Kentucky so much bigger where their length mm-hmm. just really gives teams problems now because they're 6'3 to 6'9 across the board. And that's just – it's just a lot of length. And they, they play a big three with Livingston. So that's just hard for teams to deal with. Uh, where Especially with, when you're bad defensively. That, that... Well, with Wheeler, you're just kind of average size because your center is not very tall – and you got a short point guard, but with Outwheeler with Wallace at the one, you're just you're really really big one through four, mm-hmm. and that just that helps with your defense. Some of the shortcomings you have on defense when you can just outsize teams. I um, mean that's just yeah. with Cal in general. Like I think with Wheeler, you you just have to be a spread team, and I think you need to play really with pace to, to play a high tempo kind of by, by style of basketball, and you got to let him drive and dish. And then just push it. That's when he's at his best. But when they kind of slow down and want to do stuff in the half court that Cal likes to do, and then like you become a smaller roster on defense because and we've seen Cal's best defenses just have a lot of length. Um, I think I just think it's just like it just doesn't fit. You know, square peg round hole a lot of a lot of a lot of the times. And I think that's kind of been the biggest issue uh, with Wheeler here at Kentucky. It just it just hasn't really fit for him here. Well, um, hopefully Kentucky can find a way to fit in a win tomorrow, 2 o'clock CBS, regular season finale at Bud Walton Arena against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Kentucky played. I mean, that first half was exciting basketball at Rupp Arena, and then it all it all fell apart in the second half, an absolute disaster. Can Kentucky string together two halves together? I don't know. I don't know about all that, Tim. I don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm worried about that. Um, we're going to get to our predictions. TJ has submitted his predictions. He is not optimistic whatsoever. He has the Razorbacks winning 88-71 with Ricky Council as the MVP. By the way, Ralph, you, you are ahead of TJ in the standings. 
So if you want counsel as your MVP, you can take him. I, I'm, I'm making new rules here because TJ kind of jumped the line there. So if you want counsel, I say it's fair game. You take counsel. Um, I'm going to take Nick Smith instead, though. So you're yeah. going, you're going Arkansas too. Oh yeah. Hit me yeah. with the score. Uh, no confidence in the cats in this game. Actually, no, I want Anthony black instead of no, 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 sorry. Nick Smith. He's going to score a bunch of points, whatever. Um, Anthony black wouldn't be a bad choice either, but this, the, the length in the, in the backcourt, I, I don't, even if Wallace plays, he's not going to be at a hundred percent. And I'm worried we might have another tweet day. I'm just this is this just feels like a, a nightmare waiting to happen, Scoots. Um, where Kentucky falls by, let's say seven. Uh, let, uh, go Arkansas, um, eighty. Kentucky seventy three. Um, despite getting their offensive groove back, they just Arkansas is just going to have their way with the guards, and it's. it's it's not going to be fun. Not going to be a fun experience for Kentucky fans ending the season down at Bud Walton Arena. Scoots, do you have a prediction? I do. Yeah, I, I think this is a great opportunity for me to pick up some points. So yes. I'm going to have some faith in the Cats, and I'm going to say they get it done. So my spread doesn't really matter. Give me the Cats 74-73. to 73, And I'm with John. I think Oscar has a big game. I think Oscar will be the MVP. So... Go Cats! They win this weekend. That's that was that was smart, Scoots. That's how you try to catch up in the points game. I'm actually I may be hurt, gonna play. I, I may be hurting myself because TJ and me are tied, or you and I are tied at the top. So this could be a bad decision. I'll say Wallace plays. Nick, I think this game kind of lines up with similar road games: Mississippi State, Tennessee, Kentucky's backs against the wall a little bit. I feel like they they Arkansas was just super hot shooting, and they missed shots they usually don't make at Rupp Arena. I think they missed some of those shots, and I think Kentucky's got to – Oscar actually plays well. I mean, he was awful in that first game. He plays well. I think they found a way to get a win here. Yeah. Oh, man. Love it. Love the optimism, Bucket. Glad we ended with you. Make sure you all are following along with us throughout the day here in Indy. We'll be on the KSR YouTube channel this afternoon. We'll have stuff on the message board over at KSR+. Plus. And a lot more at KentuckySportsRadio.com. It's been a real treat hanging out with Adam Luckett here at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Let's get a big win tomorrow for the Cats and start get back on track in the month of March. This has been Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call.